재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul and on streaming platforms all around the world. I don't know about you, but when Jennifer Chang came in last week for last week's edition of Out and About, and she talked about Tongyong, I said, there's no way I can be content with that. I need more. I need more about Tongyong. So we're doing a part two because there's so much to say about it, and Jennifer Chang prepared a lot of material, too. So, Jennifer, welcome to the studio once again. Thanks, Kurt. Good morning. Nice to see you. Tongyong, we, we talked about some of the natural beauty last week and cable cars and whatnot. This week, we're touching on some other attractions. Yeah, so actually, um, I definitely did want to do a part two. There's a lot to talk about. And last week, I feel like we really rushed through the food. Yeah. I feel like we didn't do justice to the oysters. So the we oysters. must talk about the oysters. Yeah, forget the oysters. <laughs> Tell me about the oysters in Tongyang. I will. So did you know that Tongyang produces, or um, you, 70 to 80%, some people say, of Korea's oysters come from Tongyang. Did not know that. And they're in season from November to December, so they're supposed to be the best at this time. It's famously around Kim Jong in November, you're supposed to eat oysters, aren't exactly, you? Exactly, exactly. Mm. And so they have something like 250 oyster farms. And every year they produce something like 40,000 tons of oysters. That's a lot of oysters. That is a amazing amount of oysters. So when you go to the supermarket and see those little tubular plastic bags of oysters, exactly. probably they're from t o k y o A Tonyo. lot of it, that's right. Chances okay. are. Got it. Right. And so you can have oysters in shabu shabu. You can have oysters in rice. You can have oyster soup, oyster chun. This is like a Forrest Gump list here coming up, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> oyster sandwich. Whatever you can do with oysters. <laughs> All right. And so um, Tongyang farmers claim that the Tongyang oysters are the best in the country, of course. Okay. Of course. They say that, right? They would. And they say it's because the oysters there consume enough plankton, and that's why they're large and highly nutritious. Mm-hmm. And something a little interesting about this oysters, right? So think about, you talked about those plastic little bags of oysters. Uh-huh. And they're all like... Pre-shelled. Exactly. So think about the people who are sitting there shelling, de-shelling these oysters, 40 tons, 40,000 tons. Shucking oysters. Shucking oysters, right? So there's actually a name for that, and it's called pakshin. Pakshin jagop, the process of shucking or separating oysters from the shells. So you've got these veteran ajumas, and they sit there and separate these oysters from its shell. By hand? They by do, hand. Industrially, they do it by hand? Of course, I'm sure they have like a little, you know, little tool. They do this, and they, they can sh- de-shuck one in three to five seconds. Our PD is pulling up pictures now of uh, <laughs> <shucking>. rows and <laughs> rows of shuckers, ajuma shuckers. Just whipping those oysters out of the shells. And maybe I shouldn't say just ajumas. I'm sure there are some ajashis and harabajis yeah. doing no, it too, maybe, right? No, they're not sexist about it, but uh, yeah. They work from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. And uh, they make maybe about $150 per day kind of thing. My dad used to be able to shuck oysters. I can't. <laughs> I, I, can you do it? I've never done it. It's not easy. I It's don't think really it would be easy. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. And so if you're like me, I actually, I love oysters. I could probably eat two dozen by myself. But mm. one time I got sick from it and there was actually cooked oysters. I was actually really surprised. Surprising. Not and cooked so, at a high temperature, maybe. Uh, it was chuk, so I'm sure it was boiled. Okay. Yeah. So I was actually really shocked and I got really sick from it. And since then, I'm really scared to try it again. So if you're like me and can't really eat the, the real oysters, then there's a solution. There's actually, if you remember, uh, we had a chef in here and he had us try something called k o n m a r i Oh, you're going to work that in here, huh? I am because I remember it was so amazing. It was just like, basically it's a weed, like a plant, a leaf. 
Yeah. This green little leaf, the scientific name is pedunculate trigonotus, something like this. some very good Latin. Yeah, that's really hard. But it, you put that thing in your mouth and I kid you not. I recall. You, do you remember? He gave me it a leaf. tastes like oysters. They don't come from Tongyong, do they? They I bet you could find it there. Why not? It's like a weed. It grows anywhere. It, it, if you haven't tried one of these things, what you call it gutmari. That's, yeah. that's what it's called. The I bet Korean you a lot of Koreans name. know that. Yeah. But uh, one leaf even, and it t- your whole mouth fills with yeah. the taste of oyster. You can put it in pasta. It's you can put amazing. it in juk, you know, all this yeah. stuff. Mm. So anyways, now I think I've done justice to oyster. So let's move on. Um, right. What I really did want to talk about this time was Tongyang is also known for a lot of famous people. Okay. And can you name at least one person? Famous? That's from Tongyeon. Do you know? Wow, you're really putting me on the spot here. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, is it a celebrity? It's not a celebrity. Oh, he is actually a celebrity. A military celebrity. Of oh, sorts. are we talking about Admiral Yi? Of course we All are. All right. right. Admiral Yi Sun Chin is from Tongyeon? He is. Well, he's not from Tongyeon, but he's... He's fought a lot of battles That's the around of his that. Accomplishments. Exactly. Okay. A lot of major battles were fought around the waterways around there. Mm. And so there, you could see a lot of traces of General Yi Sun Shin there. And that's why it's key, right? Mm. So that's why I brought him in. Um, when you go there, you can see replicas of his ship, the ironclad ship called mm-hmm. Kabuksan. And um, there's actually a park there dedicated to him and lots of traces of what he's accomplished mm-hmm. there. So I just want to bring that in quickly. Um, I actually want to go more into cultural and arts, people who are famous for the culture and arts. Tongyang okay. is known to be what you call, in Korean, it's called Yehyang. Yehyang. Yeah, and it, it means it's a city that produced a lot of artists, writers, poets, um, a cultural musicians. Hub. It is a cultural hub, yeah. Okay. And so I wanted to kind of get into why, why that was. And so... Um, in Tongyang, uh, it was actually named, the city of Tongyang was named after, it's called Samdo Sugun Tongje Sayang. That's actually a really long name. Mm-hmm. And a naval force was stationed there during that time. And that's how Tongyang got its name mm. in the, the late 16th and 17th centuries. Mm. And so, once this naval force was stationed there, Tongyang actually really became this economic center in the region. And that has something to do with why um, it produced some of these uh, artists. Sure. And so the Japanese had a lot of interest in Tongyang, that area, because of the strategic nature of where it is. Mm-hmm. And also, I think there was a lot of um, the, the wealth came from the fishing industry. Sure. Ports bring economic activity, which then in turn brings culture. And so it's no surprise these great port cities around the world are centers of publishing and art and culture. Exactly. New York, London, Hamburg, you name it. That's right. And mm. so Tongyong kind of became this hub, right? And so I wanted to talk about some of the uh, famous people that came from there. So if you recall, last week, I did talk about this poet briefly, Chong Ji-yong. Was this the poet who was wordless? Yes. And it's, it's not that he's from Tongyang, but he actually came to visit another poet in Tongyang. And uh, when he came and visited Tongyang and went on top of that Miruk mountain and saw the sights, right, the waterways and the, the, the numerous islands, he was speechless, right? Okay. So I did mention him last week. And uh, when you go on top of Miruk mountain, you can see a, a large stone with engravings of what he said. And what this he wrote about Tongyang. 
is where the poet declared himself <laughs> speechless. And then after that, he wrote about it. All right. He got over it. <laughs> hey, he, st- he didn't stay speechless. He did not. All right. Well, that's good. You don't want to be speechless as a no, poet. No, you don't. But, you know, you have that m- moment of inspiration and you're just moved, right? Gasp. <laughs> um, the next person from Tongyang that is really quite famous I want to kind of bring in is a novelist by the name of Park Kyungni. Oh, really? Had you ever heard of her? Not really. Uh, what era? She was born in Tongyang in 1926. Okay. Okay, and she was a prominent Korean novelist. Um, she wrote the best known work is actually a 16 volume story called Toji, The That's Land. Quite long. 16 volumes. It is kind of long, isn't it? It took her, I think, something like 25 years to write it. Wow. But she became really famous because of that, right? So huh. she wrote that as an epic saga set in the turbulent history of Korea during the 19th and 20th century. I wonder if that's been dramatized. It must have been. I think so. Actually, there there was a drama made on it, a movie made on it, television series, and an opera made on it. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty epic. And so it boasts of grand scale and literary artist dream. Mm. And so it's considered a masterpiece of contemporary Korean literature. Wow. Yeah, so that's pretty amazing. And so they, they actually have a memorial museum or literary park for her and that's actually the place where she's buried i see so, so like it, a kinyomgwan it is kinyomgwan right and it's um i imagine there's a library you can go in and read her stuff i'm sure there is there's there's a lot of exhibits there and like i said she's buried there so there's actually a little mound and it's actually a really beautiful place uh it's located on miduk island where mm. that uh, miduk mountainous, where you get the views. Gotcha. So it's on a different side of the island. Mm. And so it's this beautiful place. Her last wish was to be buried in a sunny spot in her hometown, Tongyang. And so she got that. Hmm. So it's a really nice place to stop by if you go there. I think it'll be a really nice and quiet mm. place to visit in Tongyang. Yeah. Well, you'd need a nice quiet spot to read 16 volumes. <laughs> I'm not sure if you should sit there and read all 16 volumes. <laughs> I'd be interested to. I'd be interested if there's a I translation. Like I translation. wonder if there's a translation. Yeah, I bet now. you there is. This it is must pretty be epic. by now, There has right? to be. Yeah, there has okay. to be. So I would actually really like to read it too. Um, and then I'm saving um, as the last person that I want to bring in today. Um, he is an internationally acclaimed composer. He wasn't born in Tongyang, but he moved there when he was three years old and he spent a great amount of time in Tongyang, and he considered as that place as his homeland. So okay. this composer, his name is Yun <clears throat> Isang. Yun Isang. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever heard of him? The name sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know his biographical details. He's famous, but he's not famous in right. Korea. That's kind of the funny thing. Actually, people are rediscovering his fame and why he's worthy to be celebrated. And so when you go down to Tongyang, there's actually, they actually have a, a concert hall built on the waterfront. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. And it's, it's basically, there's a festival that happens every year from March to April. And it's dedicated to him to celebrate his legacy and what he's done. This is the Tongyang Music Festival, right? Yeah, that is the and International Music Festival. Okay. Weren't we just talking about this the other day that the tickets are on sale for that now? It is, yeah. The early bird tickets are already on sale for it. So huh. it must be pretty popular, right? Classical so I feel mainly? Like it is classical. Yeah, it is definitely okay. mainly classical. And so he was born in 1917 in uh, Sancheonggun, Sichonmyeon, Doksan. Doksan is a city. And if you know the Chidi Mountain, the, the national park, it's on the east side of it. Mm. Yeah, so that's where he was born. And like I mentioned, he moved to Tongyang when he was three. He basically received training in Japan because he was so amazing. He basically received training in Tokyo. 
and at the Osaka Conservatory. He also went to the Paris Conservatory and the Hochschule for Music in Berlin, mm-hmm. prominent schools for music. Sure. He was a prodigy. Um, but he really received international attention because he was basically called a spy for North Korea. Yeah. And so when he was in Berlin, he was abducted by the South Korean, basically, intelligence. There was some crisscross there, especially when you had interaction with Germany because of the uh, East German border and so on. Yeah. So I want to mention that it's because, you know, um, that is something prominent, but he was famous because he was like that bridge between Western and Eastern music. Mm -mm. He brought traditional Korean elements, rhythms, and sounds and brought it to Western music Mm -hmm. as you can hear, actually. She's going to pipe this up. We've got literally about 20 seconds left, Jennifer. You want to say a last word about uh, Yunisang and then we'll just play a little bit of his music going out? So I think this is the cello excerpt, a part of the cello excerpt for Glisse. And so I thought this kind of represents where he brings in the traditional Korean elements of this is a cello, Hmm. but you hear the sounds of the plucking. It's not typical. Cool. Let's listen to that. Jennifer, we're going to leave Tongyong once again. We can decide whether a part three should come in the future. (laughs) Thank you again for coming in. It was fun. And we'll be back right after this. Let's hear that cello.